Good evening, and welcome once more to the television graveyard. We are your TV necromancers, Lara Prince and Noah Houlihan. We have come here tonight to examine the spirits of past television shows, to find out what ones could be resurrected, should be resurrected, and which ones should just stay doomed. This will be a podcast in which we analyze the history, the hype, and the aftermath of shows that ran only one season, with some running only one episode. This month, we are in the land of the spoopy. But for tonight, we are in the bridge between adult animation and spoopy. With me, as always, is Noah Houlihan. For America! For America! Uh, this week, we have done The Amazing Screw-On Head. The Adventures of the Amazing Screw-On Head? The Adventures of the Amazing <laughs> Screw-On Head. It's, it's a lot of words. I When I looked for it, I just put in Screw-On Head. But I believe it's The Adventures of the Amazing, or the, possibly The Amazing Adventures of, of Screw-On Head. No, it's just called The Amazing Screw-On Head. Okay. You gaslit me. I'm asking. <laughs> that's not gaslighting, that's curiosity. We are doing the 2006 uh, single episode run of The Amazing Screw on Head, as requested by one Mr. Jeff Stormer of the Party of One podcast. Yes, thank you so much for that suggestion. And yes, this is a single episode. So if you haven't seen it, links are in the uh, the description down below. It's 22 minutes. You've got time. Yeah, you can you can give it a watch and then come back and listen to us. I highly recommend that one. So... This is a, it's an odd, odd show. Yes. Uh, the version that we ended up watching, uh, I'm not sure if it was the, the the rip that we had, but did you notice in the beginning it had horrific frame rates? I did not notice that. It was like, it, it chugged, like it kind of like jittered and it didn't look right to me. Like the animation was not smooth. I wasn't sure if that was intentional given... That it was an odd show? Perhaps. It just, I don't know, it felt very jarring. But this is the story of... This is going to be really hard to explain. It's a Civil War story in which Abraham Lincoln... Is it? (laughs) Well, Abraham Lincoln's president. He did other things. But he was only president during the Civil War, Noah. That doesn't make it a Civil War story. I feel like the Civil War was going to come into play. Perhaps. We'll, we'll never know. It was a Civil War era story. Look at this you pedant. Go. You've already been wrong once and you're still going to be pedantic? Cure their questions! Some breeding discussion! <sighs> go ahead. It's a Civil War era story about a top secret secret agent who is actually a head. A screw-on immortal head. Yes. He works for Abraham Lincoln. Uh, he has the seventh in his line of manservants. Yes. All of Mr. Groin. Mr. Groin, his manservant. And uh, he is a, a, on occasion called on for top secret uh, missions, usually regarding some sort of su- supernatural. And I say usually in that, like, 
this is the only episode. So yeah. in this one, it deals with supernatural things. And his arch nemesis is Emperor Zombie. Yes. We, we open our episode with uh, a, a very special evil document. They, they say many times it's an evil document. We're in the rare and dangerous books. Yes. Depository. And this document is stolen along with an expert by uh, two old women, one of which is a werewolf and the other is the pyro from uh, Team Fortress. And a monkey. With a machine well with, with a machine gun. With and whatever. a clown. What was that about? I imagine we were going to find out more about him. Okay. I feel like there's a... We just... There's only 22 minutes. I feel like we didn't yeah. delve as much into all the uh, minor characters. As yes, the minutia. We would. Of the show. If the show continued. Uh, so they, they, they steal this document. And Abraham Lincoln contacts Screw On Head to help. Uh, but because of his personal relationship with Emperor Zombie, uh, he can't ask him for help. So Screw On Head has to volunteer. Screw On Head. Calling Screw On Head. Screw On Head. Screw On Head. Coming, Mr. President. Yes, sir. Tell me what you know about the Kalakistan fragment. Scrawled on unshaven goat skin, it supposedly details the life of Gong the Magnificent, who nearly conquered the world in 9632 BC using supernatural powers derived from a fabulous melon-sized jewel. Supposedly? The fragment is untranslatable. And missing. It disappeared from the Museum of Dangerous Books and Paper, along with their foremost expert on ancient evil texts. Professor Froen? He was abducted by two horrible old women and a monkey. Sounds like Emperor Zombie. Sounds like you're right. Then Fruin's deciphered the fragment. And Zombie's got them both. The belly's telling me he's scratching to finish the job Gung started 10,000 years ago. Given your personal history with Emperor Zombie, I can't ask you... That I'm volunteering. I don't think it was that he has to. I think it was like... Lincoln going, well, I can't ask you for help, and then Head just doing it anyway, and being like, well, I'll volunteer! Yeah, it, it wasn't like a, he's not allowed. It's more of like, I respect you, and wouldn't ask you right. to do this. Uh, and... I like that he used uh, ye old FaceTime. Yeah, he uses some sort of, like, weird box that his mouth kind of flips like a flip book. Yeah, it's ye old FaceTime. Yeah, and his eyes can change. It, it's very odd. It's, you know, that that idea of doing... The animation style in this is uh, ripped straight from the one-shot comic book it's based on. Okay. Uh, also called The Amazing Screw-On Head. Yeah. Uh, it was a one-shot comic book, and the art style is very similar. Lots of yellows, lots of purples, lots of black. Yes. Kind of looks uh, a lot like Hellboy. Uh, and I also imagine that this... Uh, was created the same way Batman the Animated Series was, is I would guess this was drawn on black paper. I would imagine, yes. Uh, and they added color to black rather than coloring white. Because I, I can't think of a time I saw white. Uh, only certain characters' skin. Yes, okay, all right, Patience yeah. Patience and Mr. Groin. Yeah, okay, okay. Uh, so... Screw-on head uh, has his head screwed onto a body, and he explains... He has a number of bodies. They use number 13 Lucky 13. 
And uh, he explains to his manservant that uh, Emperor Zombie has killed every one of his manservants before Groin. Yes. And that Emperor Zombie was his first uh, servant. Yes. Uh, and then he turned evil and then he just, he vengeance kills all of his manservants. Yes, all of his subsequent manservants and steals his girlfriend. Yes. Uh, his girlfriend, Patience, uh, he he loved dearly and he was about to tell her that he loved Patience. Scream. You make me feel alive and full-bodied. I look into your eyes and see there's a life outside my head. I love it. I want to say it first. I love it. Mine now. Damn you, Mr. Manifold! Excuse me. Damn you, Emperor Zombie! She's turned into a vampire in front of him. Which I really liked that twist on the women in refrigerators and, you know, the uh, killed love interest is motivation. Because she's still there to rub his face in it. Yeah. Oh, you mean like before you let me get brutally murdered and turned into the beast I see before you. Yeah, yeah. Like she's real petty about it. I really love uh, Molly Shannon is the voice of Patience. Yes. And she's brilliant in this. It's yes. not a Molly Shannon role you would picture, but she's great as Patience. Yeah, she is fantastic as Patience. And her introduction, uh, we watched this twice. Yes. I should mention that we, we did watch it, think about it for a little bit, and watch it again. I didn't catch this the first time. Okay. When uh, Patience originally shows up, she talks to a mummy? Yes. And did you get that the mummy was had two voices? I did not. The mummy had two voices. It like sounded like an echo. Mm-hmm. Because it wasn't a mummy. She lights it on fire. The like cloth and skeletons falls away. And it turns out that it was being controlled by like two bugs. Oh. And then she squishes the bugs or is about to before Screw-On-Head shows up to stop her. And I was like, wow, I totally missed that the yeah, first I didn't time I saw that. it. Yeah, like, there's a lot of, like, weird things like that that go by very quickly. This doesn't feel like a pilot. No, it. I actually enjoyed it because it didn't feel like a pilot. It built, it told a really good story while building a world. Did it? <laughs> you know, I think so. You set up and temporarily defeat Emperor Zombie, but not kill, because you know he's going to be back. You set up another big bad in Patience. I'm going to have comments about that after we review what happens in this. Okay. Because uh, I have a problem with that. Uh, so, Emperor Zombie... Uh, well, we should mention that he captures uh, Patience and tortures her for information. What? That screw-on-head does. Screw-on-head. Screw yeah, on that's head. really important because that sounds like something that your villain would do. Yeah. Uh, it's something your hero is doing. Yeah, since she's a vampire, she she turns into a bat, 
they catch her in a cage, and then they they just keep hitting her with sunlight. And by we they we mean essentially head mm-hmm. because the president, Mister Groin, and their undead dog, Mister Dog, Mister Dog, who is the best? Um, <laughs> he's a dog. He's the best. Uh, Mister Dog are all just kind of sitting there like, "What are you doing?" Yeah, this is a bit much. And there's there's a a conversation that happens with Lincoln, and uh, it's. We're going to have to play because it's very confusing. Perhaps you should lower your voice, Mr. President. Groin's been rather invasive and a tad familiar. As of late, he could be hatching a plot. He's not zombie. Groin's looking out for your behind head. You can't keep him at arm's length. Oh, that's all intentional. Oh, I know it's all intentional. But, like, when I heard that, I was like, were they going to do this? For, like, multiple episodes? Oh, yeah. Like, was every episode just going to be, like, them trying to get as many body part puns into it as possible? Yes. Yes, it was. I'm certain of it. Uh, I... Okay. Did you not like this show? I have feelings about this show. Uh, I liked it a lot more the second time. I really, I really didn't like it the first time. I, saw I it. actually like. I really enjoyed this one. Interesting. I liked the humor. In okay. It. Like. Uh, my feeling because we got to talk about David Hyde Pierce. Yeah, David Hyde Pierce plays Emperor Zombie and does not attempt to change his voice at all. No, he doesn't, which makes it amazing. Yeah, it is Niles as Emperor Zombie. As Emperor Zombie and. His plan is to find this temple, and the information is on this document that only this one person can read. Yes. So, to gain the information that this person has... What's happening? We have a security breach. Pack only what's necessary. Leave the rest behind. Commander, we just received this. Then we have a traitor. Step away from her. She's a spy. She's not a spy. We
Let me screw on head. There are two histories, one that is told and one that isn't. I, Abraham Lincoln, do order that America's strangest, most secret histories will only be recorded in one book. These are the adventures of the amazing screw-on head. Screw-on head. Calling screw-on head. Screw-on head. Screw-on head. Coming, Mr. President. Yes, sir. Tell me what you know about the Kalakistan fragment. Scrawled on unshaven goat skin, it supposedly details the life of Gong the Magnificent, who nearly conquered the world in 9632 BC using supernatural powers derived from a fabulous melon-sized jewel. Supposedly? The fragment is untranslatable. And missing. It disappeared from the Museum of Dangerous Books and Paper, along with their foremost expert on ancient evil texts. Professor Froen? He was abducted by two horrible old women and a monkey. Sounds like Emperor Zombie. Sounds like you're right. Then Froen's deciphered the fragment. And Zombie's got them both. The belly's telling me he's scratching to finish the job Gung started 10,000 years ago. Given your personal history with Emperor Zombie, I can't ask you... That I'm volunteering. Our informant in Marrakesh has given us the precise location of Bruin's last known whereabouts. The trail starts there. All due respect, Mr. President, the trail starts with your informant in Marrakesh. Mr. Groin? Here, sir. I'll be needing a body for this. What about Lucky 13? Anything? Only let us have progress. Yes, yes, hurrying along. So what's this idea about a personal history with Emperor Zombie? Oh, that's... that's nothing. There's a history. I wouldn't call it personal. Pardon me if I'm being too familiar, but I find it odd considering the seven gentlemen who preceded me in this position were all killed by Emperor Zombie. That seems personal. I'm not comfortable with this level of intimacy from someone in your position, Mr. Grime. Yes, sir. Oh, very well. I was instructed not to tell you as a matter of national security, but since you've asked... In life, Emperor Zombie was H.G. Manifold. Mr. Manifold. The mister before the seven that were murdered, and you. In many ways, he was my favorite. He was certainly the smartest. Had a taste for ancient, forbidden knowledge. Tragically, it was his undoing. Evidently not, sir. He's still kicking about, causing trouble. Yes, it's as I always say. All really intelligent people should be cremated for reasons of public safety. Better late than never, I say. Being too familiar. Ready, Mr. Groin? Ready, Mr. Head. Godspeed, Groin Head. Sadly for you, the dismal pleasure is all mine. You see, Emperor Zombie has a problem, and he calls me, and he says, fix it. So here we are, fixing things. Tell us, Red Lily, what are we fixing? 
you. It seems you're a bit of a get-around girl who likes to talk. Yes, please. Uh -oh. and full-bodied. I look into your eyes and see there's a life outside my head. I love it. I want to say it first. I love it. <laughs> Excuse me. Damn you, Emperor Zombie! Still living in your head, head? Where is Professor Fruin? So it's all business, is it? The head I fell in love with was so much more chatty. Ah, but that was before you allowed me to be horribly murdered and turned into the foul beast that stands before you. You're sweet. I wasn't fishing for that, but thank you. Is this how you spend your days? Zombies errand girl, running around telling rats to kill people? Rats like me. Of course they do, you're vermin. You used to love this vermin. I used to a lot of things, patience. And speaking of patience, I'm running out of mine. Goodbye, my former love. I've got her! Something I don't know. Who's there? <laughs> what is the meaning of this? I thought I was clear. You know something I don't know. I'll tell you everything. I want to know what this says. The scroll of Gung? It's untranslatable. Why steal a book you can't read? That's silly. Um, I was attempting to translate it. Ooh. How far'd you get? Not very. You're no fun, piggy little professor keeping Gung's secrets all to himself. There's only one way to truly know everything you know. Ask politely. I'm going to smoke you. He smokes him in a hookah. Just big old bong. It's just a big bong, and he just smokes him. And uh, and was, later he's like, and they said smoking people was bad for was you. Bad for you. Oh. Mm. And thus they're able to find this temple, and uh, in the temple, he has this long speech about how he wishes patience was here, and he like very Niles, like trips over himself. Yeah, because he insults one of his other minions. Yes, the older woman who turns into a werewolf in the first scene. Yeah, because werewolf. Yeah. I mean, because I, I wish Patience was here, because, you know, she's not, because uh, she, she's not as old as you. I mean, she's old, but not as old as you. Not that way. Ooh. Very, very Niles. Because uh, the old woman is old looking and Patience is still young and beautiful because she's a vampire. Right, right. Uh, and 
like the whole time we're we're in the temple, we really don't understand what the plan is. Right. Other than what was the guy's name? Ga. Yeah. The temple of Ga. Yes. Temple of Gong. Temple of Gong. Uh, and I did really enjoy. Uh... Ooh, look! It's Gong. Foolish mortal. Do I look mortal to you? Because he really doesn't. Kiss. Bang! 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 He looks like, you know, crazy zombie. Everyone is very ugly in this show, except for Mr. Dog. <laughs> Mr. Dog looks like a dog. Like, that's yeah. not even my, like, bias toward dogs. He just doesn't look. Uh, so he comes all this way through this temple to get what turns out to be a turnip? Yes, with an alternate universe inside. With an alternate universe inside and uh, screw on head uh, wants a trade. Because he has patience and he's going to stake her through the heart. Yeah. Uh, I love this uh, exchange a lot. This is pretty good. Nobody moves or patience dies. Again. Permanently. Ah, yes. If you can't have her, then no one can. Patience, darling. Do I have permission to let Head stake you if it means world domination? Yes, my love. No. I really liked Molly Shannon in this. Yes, yeah. my love. No. Uh, they then open the turnip, and a demigod comes out. You know, but not like Maui from Moana. Uh, yeah, not Maui. Yeah, he doesn't sing You're Welcome. Be a but lot he, cooler if he did. He is still kind of quirky and funny, though. Oh, yeah. You're poor. Sad, insignificant brains cannot conceive of the horror that is coming now. Right now. Right this very instant. And when you could tell when watching it, right now, right now, at this very moment, is when a commercial would have come on. Yeah, there was definitely a commercial break. Like, it was definitely the, like, sting before before a commercial. Absolutely. And they then have to fight a demigod, so Screw-On-Head gets another body, which is like a spider body, so he can fight yep. this demigod. It's very odd, but it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Dog, did you come to save the day? David Hyde Pierce is great in this. Yeah. Like, at one point, the dog busts in to, like, try to save everyone, and that's his reaction. Yeah, that, that was fun. Uh, it, th- this whole segment is fun. Uh, they they defeat the demigod. How how did they even do it? The the, the body explodes or something. Yeah. yeah, through an explosion they defeat him, uh, and the temple fills with water, mm-hmm. and the spider body grabs Emperor Zombie and falls down into the depths of the taking ocean. head with it. D- no, taking uh. Zombie with No, him. taking both, because then... No, head's under, like, a rock. Oh, right. Uh, and... Because Gung reemerges with yes. head. Yeah, so you see as Zombie, you know, goes away and we're left... Damn you, head! Yes. And uh, we're left with Mr. Dog and Mr. Groin uh, standing on the beach and head emerges because Gung brings him to the surface. And did you catch that Gung then got a political position? Oh, yeah. G- I, Gung face turns. Yeah. And becomes 
what would assumably be a character yeah. moving forward in the series. Uh, so then... The whole the... pilot's really a gung origin story. Yeah, it really is. Uh, there, there's like an emotional beat of, uh, Screw on Head explaining that his greatest ally has been defeated, but it was also his greatest friend. Yes. Uh, and then Patience kidnaps Mr. Dog. Yep. And that, oh, then we have, a, like, a moment at the end where... Where we're in the Oval Office. We're in the Oval Office, and it's it's the, the kind of piloty teaser ending of, like, you've saved the day. Yes, but there could be more threats at any time. There yeah. could be, like, another episode in a week. Uh, and, uh... There's some sort of history joke I didn't get. If you listen to our Clone High episode, I don't understand history. But then they show Lincoln signing, like, the Homestead Act or something. Okay. And I was like, I'm sure this is a very funny historical joke. That the fact that all this uh, supernatural events happened has led to the signing of the Homestead Act. That's gotta be a joke I don't get because I'm stupid. Because it's a Civil War story! Oh. The Homestead Act of 1860 did pass in Congress, but was vetoed by President James Buchanan, a Democrat. After the southern states seceded from the Union in 1861, the bill was signed into law and passed by Abraham Lincoln. So it is May 20th, 1862, during the events of this. The Civil War is just beginning. Okay. I just don't get the joke. I don't know if it was necessarily as much of a joke as setting... As just setting. Yeah, as setting where we were. And then it ends with Scrawnhead saying that he'll be here for America. And we cut to credits. Yes. Here's my issue with Molly Shannon. Yeah? In the credits, uh, the opening credits where they list everybody, it says guest starring Molly Shannon. Right. Kind of implying that she wasn't going to be around anymore. Like, like that she's not a permanent character. I could definitely see that she might not be a series regular. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm saying they're setting her up to be the bigger bad. Okay. Like, when you have the series like, oh, this is the villain. Like, Emperor Zombie feels more like a disc one final boss. Gotcha. Where Patience is... Emperor Zombie was his friend. And manservant. Mm-hmm. Patience was the love of his life. Who, 180-some years later, he's still not over. Yeah. Spike wasn't in every episode of Buffy, so I guess this makes sense. Yeah, so I'm guessing that Patience isn't a series regular the way everyone else is. Gotcha. Okay. All right, all right. I get that. I get that. Uh, so, what, what did what was your gut reaction to this show? It's ugly. It's very, it's very hard to watch. But to be fair, like, I'm very aesthetically whiny. Like, it took me a while to appreciate Bob's Burgers. Mm-hmm. Because I don't like, I, I still don't particularly like the art style. Of Bob's Burgers? Yeah, but the writing is good enough that it, like, mm-hmm. it forgives every sin. Yeah. I mean, because one of my favorite shows of all time is Home Movies. And that first season is unwatchable. Yeah. Because it is in squiggle vision. Uh, and I think this, it's very good that we watched it twice. Yes, I agree. Because I really spent most of the first time watching it going, 
what the hell is going on? Like, visually, it was hard for me to comprehend it. And the actual storyline is supernatural and confusing. And a lot of things you just have to accept. Yes. Monkey with a machine gun. Fine, let's go. That old lady's a werewolf. That's in the first 30 seconds. Yeah, like, and that's kind of a hard thing to get your brain to, like, wrap around. It's just like, okay, there's werewolves in this world. Got it. But to also have it done so in such darkness. Yeah. And in such shades that are, like, doesn't represent a world I'm used to. This reminded me a little bit of Clone High, in a way, of it didn't bottle feed you the premise. Yeah. Like... It just jumped in and was like, accept it or don't. You know what? I feel like if this had a rocking theme song <laughs> that explained, you know, he's stuck Way in back jail. in the 1680s, he was with a special lady and she became a terrible vampire because of his zombie manservant. What was his name? Not Emperor's, but he had a name before that. Got sired. <laughs> I was leaning into the rhyme. Yeah, I was trying to remember... David, David Hyde Pierce's character's name before. Did they ever say it? Yes, they specifically say it. Oh. Please find that information. Okay. Because um, <laughs> I have a thing that I'm going to go off on in a little bit that I've been sitting on. Okay. Uh, and that information is going to be key to what I'm going to say. Huh. His name was Rob Zombie? No, it's just when you look up Emperor Zombie real name, it comes up Rob Zombie. It comes up Rob Zombie. Oh, Mr. Manifold. Mr. Manifold? Yes. Okay. And a... uh, Alright, that's gonna... A manifold is a topological space that locally resembles Euclidean space, so it's a math term. Or it is a pipe or chamber branching into several openings, or something with many different parts or forms. Okay. All right. All right. This could. This is. Wheels are turning. Because I'm assuming what we would have found is that all of the manservants were going to go down in bod. Like Mr. Shoulder, Mr. Chest. That's 100% what I believe. Uh, I believe that this entire thing is metaphorical. I think this is all an allegory. Oh my gosh. Uh, I believe uh, Screw On Head is in a coma. Oh my god. I, no, don't! I know that that's like the, the cliche thing. It's like, oh, he's in a coma and stuff like that. But the whole time he keeps saying, I've been living in my head. Because he's a head. Yeah, but uh, what I'm saying is the metaphor is... If he was in a coma, he'd be living in his head. It would be the only thing that existed would be his thoughts. And his greatest ally, or his greatest friend and his greatest enemy, is a zombie, which is both alive and death. So there's the idea that he is in a coma in between life and death. And the people waiting for him to wake up are being patient. Patience being the love and his connection to the world, which is being ripped away, still kind of there, but they are losing interest in screw-on-head in this coma. You're looking at me like I'm freaking crazy. I, I'm i worried that our next episode is leaking into how you're thinking about this. No, because I had this thought 
immediately when we first watched it before we moved on to the next show because there was one moment that I found very, very jarring. Okay. Uh, And I'm glad we watched it again because it definitely wasn't my imagination. When Zombie falls into the water and they pull his head out, uh, that's when Scrawn Head says, I've lost my greatest friend who is also my greatest villain. And then his eyes move, and the sound of his eyes moving is the sound of a gun caulking. Ah, too long I've been living in my head, friendless and alone, scarred by past betrayals. I must learn to trust again, and damn it, Mr. Groin, you're gonna show me how. I mean, that might just be the Foley, like... It could be, but, uh... I got I got one more thing that 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 leads into my theory on this of him being in a coma. Okay. Uh, all of this leads up for zombies looking for something, and he finds it in the the temple of Gong. Okay. And it's a vegetable. So he should have been healthy this whole time. No vegetable, as in a person in a coma. <laughs> I like it makes sense to me that after all of this we lead to something that's just a vegetable but inside of it is something greater that they are trying to pierce through is a parallel and awake universe okay and awaken yeah and it's a parallel universe so my theory of him always being in his head is this whole thing is an allegory to a person in a coma that's that's my theory and the thing that, like, really irks me about the show is, especially after seeing it a second time, I don't see how it works as a series. Like, I don't see how it needed another episode in any way. So I was wondering in your research if you found anything saying why this never continued. So this was on a sci-fi internet situation where they were putting a bunch of pilots up. Okay. And trying to get you to vote on them going to series. Oh, okay. So this went up in July 06. And Mm. it was confirmed in November 06 that it hadn't been picked up. Okay. So the answer is, sci-fi just didn't pick it up. Hmm. Pilots don't get picked up every day. This is just rare in that it's a released pilot, which is not always the case. Okay. Do, Do you know what one... No, I didn't look that up. I was only really looking up things that were about this show. I was just curious. Uh, and I don't know if it's necessarily anything won. I don't know if it was the most votes goes to show. Yeah. Or if it was, you know, if this gets enough votes, we'll look into it. Maybe none of them went to show. Maybe a bunch of them went to show. Maybe. Uh, I, I just, there's something about this show, like... The fact that it had such great names in it, because Patton Oswalt's in this as well. He plays Mr. Groin. He plays Mr. Groin. Uh, uh, Paul Giamatti plays Head. Yeah, that's right. It's Paul Giamatti. That like that's the that's a huge name, especially in two thousand six. Uh, for all that stuff to to just go into something that could have been a series and then not become a series, I, I don't know. It seems weird, but you know. Great actors end up in shows that don't work out all the time. 
Uh, I also find it very interesting to find out that it's based off of a one-off comic. Yes. And not a series of comics. Uh, what's interesting, though, is this show actually does expand several characters. Oh, okay. Uh, particularly Patience. Uh, she was just called Madam in the book. And was just like, Emperor Zombie's vampire friend. Hmm. So giving her that backstory, I think, makes her a much more interesting character and a much more compelling uh, big bad situation. And I really think that's where they were going to go for a series. Um, I hate, as a policy, the it's all in his head, It they're dead the whole time, that kind of thing, fan theory. Okay. Those just, I find them to be somewhat lazy. This one's better supported than most. Okay. Um, that your your coma theory. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's better supported than a lot of them, but I still just like knee jerk. I'm just like, oh, I hate I, these. I, I I feel like the knee jerk theory, like hatred towards that theory, is that you can literally pick anything and apply this theory. Like you know, if I really wanted to, I could prove that Doug and all of his friends are dead. In Doug, like I can, I'm shooting like that's why Skeeter's blue and like things like that. Because you drown. Yeah, if I really wanted to, I could prove that for anything. But like the fact that this is based off of just 22 minutes and like I, I just watched it and it jumped out at me. Like it wasn't me trying to dissect it. It was just that gunshot moment, being like, why, why that noise? And it, pardon the pun triggered something in me uh, to, to kind of like really really reevaluate things. Uh, so that was just a feeling that I, I went in with this uh, on the second watching and a lot of things made sense. I'm not saying it's true. Now I'm what I want to choose to believe. And uh, Patton Oswald also plays Gung. Now you have to remember this was 2006. Patton Oswald was doing well but he was much less famous than he is today. Yeah, but Paul Giamatti, wasn't that right around Cinderella, uh, not Cinderella Man, The Contender? The Contender. The the boxing movie with uh, Batman. The Fighter? The Fighter. I believe this was significantly before The Fighter. I believe The Fighter was 2010. Okay. But, I mean, this is after Sideways. This is after... uh, um, Oh, no, he wasn't Cinderella Man. Oh, he was in both? Yeah. Now, to be fair, though, it's it's voiceover work. Yeah, that's true. Uh, this may have been something he done because he, he did because he liked the book. Yeah. Uh, it might be something he did because he owed someone a favor. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I mean, this is also after American Splendor, right? So he had yes. just been engrossed in comics for quite some time. Yeah, and the thing with... Uh, the thing with pilots is commonly they will be recast if they go to series. True. Like Very for Game true. Over, I believe uh, Marissa Tomei originally played the mom. Oh, really? Yeah, and then it, she was recast as Lucy Liu for the actual series. Huh. So it's not uncommon for a voice actor to be recast. Yeah, true, true. And really, the show lives and dies on David Hyde Pierce. Yeah. And Pat Oswald was probably not terribly expensive to get in 2006. That's true. That's true. And I don't know what David Ryan Pierce was up to. He was in Spamalot around that time. 
Would, you, would he just be finishing Spamalot? Uh, yes, because I know he was... I know from personal experience he was in Spamalot in 2005. Okay. Which would probably have been when this recorded to have been released in July 20, right. 2006. So it was probably... He was in New York. Mm-hmm. This is a 22-minute show. It was probably only a couple hours in the dialogue room. Uh, another thing that made me not like this show is... Uh... Emperor Zombie has bugs around his face the whole time. Yes. And the first time we watched it, there was a bug that would not leave me alone. So I just felt gross the whole time watching it. See, Stupid I, Matt. I really enjoyed the humor in this a lot. I th- The second time I watched it, I, like, I could appreciate the humor more because I wasn't constantly being confused and overwhelmed. And I also never have... I always... I have the ability to just buy into a premise. I uh, usually don't have that situation where I was, where like, I have to take a minute to understand when it was, she's a spy. No, she's a werewolf. All right. I mean, it, it's not so much that, uh, it's, uh, it's overwhelming the idea of a woman being a werewolf. It's kind of like, everyone's kind of crudely drawn. Right. So, like, this woman becomes a werewolf and then becomes a human again and then is the same woman as someone else later. Like, making those connections are tougher when you don't have something distinctly human or distinctly alive to connect, like, okay, that is that character. Okay. Uh, I mean, like, the thing with the, the mummy actually being two bugs, like, you didn't catch that either time we watched it. No. I only caught it this time. Like... Stuff like that where I'm just trying to make sure I'm piecing together exactly what's happening uh, is tough with the animation. That's the only thing, the only problem I have with the coma theory is that there's too many scenes heads not in. Okay. And whenever you have the uh, solipsistic, like, it's in this one character's head, this one character's in a coma, I always have to wonder about the... What I like to call the, like, Harry Potter chapter one mm-hmm. moments where Harry is, uh, the Harry Potter books are third person, uh, omniscient or third person limited. Limited, rather. yes. Because they follow Harry. Because they follow Harry and we don't know anything else about anyone else's thoughts or emotions. Except for the first chapter of almost every book, we see a thing Harry has no way of knowing about. Right. And they try to kind of hand wave it in the fourth one that, like, oh, he wakes up and he's had a nightmare. Yeah. But in every other one, he just doesn't know it happened. Well, my, my counter-argument to that is his manservants represent his body decaying. Okay. So Mr. Zombie is his body. Uh, and that's why uh, the the seventh one that we're on is groin. And like, like you said, we were probably going to find out that all the previous ones had a body part name. I kind of took that as him dying in the coma and his body kind of withering away. Yeah, I went... It's my theory. No, I decided to have fun and be like, this is a fun show. <laughs> that doesn't mean it's not fun. He's in a coma. You, this... We're getting real, gang. Uh, uh, this is something new that I've noticed is uh, I can still enjoy something that's not necessarily all happy. 
Because, like, somewhat, back on the Plus Two Comedy Podcast, our guest yelled at me because I watched Moral Oral, and I was like, it hurts you at the end. They're like, well, why bother? And I was like, because it's cool to have emotions. It's not, um, it's not having emotions. Like, I love the musical Hamilton Mm -hmm. more than I love, like, a lot of people. Right. And I watched an animatic of Who Lives, Who Dies, Who Tells Your Story, and cried. Cried like a little child mm. and have no problem with that. It's the difference between emotion as catharsis, which is what Moral Oral has, emotion as catharsis, mm-hmm. and grimdark, and we're just going to look for more grimdark. I mean, like... like it, this is a fun show about, you know, a head fighting werewolves. We're going to make it about... Oh, he's in a coma. I, just, I don't think that makes it any less entertaining or or hurts it val- its value in any way. I'm not saying it hurts its value in any way. I'm just saying I don't like those theories very much on a personal level. Okay. So I tend to just... I, I do tend to have that bias where if somebody goes like, oh, it's all in the character's head, I'm like, I'm out. Okay. Unless it's done explicitly, like, you know, what dreams may come situation, where I'm like, oh, yeah, it's death. Yeah. yeah. Or in a way that, like... I've seen it done well applied to, say, The Wizard of Oz. But The Wizard of Oz telegraphs it a little better. Right. In that Scarecrow is, like, the farmhand she's fond of. Same actor, yeah. And that repeat of actors. We don't have any grounding in any kind of real world, I think is the issue. Mm -hmm. When he goes back in the flashback with Patience, he's still ahead. Mm -hmm. So I think there's... To make that theory work for me, there has to be some kind of grounding in reality. We're going to talk about this a lot next week. Yeah, that's true. That's so. true. Well, do we have anything more to say about uh, Screw On Head? Okay. So, uh, let me pull up my notes because I've been too busy arguing with you. Um, I, I picked out a bunch of lines I really liked. Um, pardon me if I say poppycock. Poppycock! <laughs> say it. Poppycock. And, uh, there's some really good business that, uh, Patience controls rats. Yes. And when she has her confrontation with Head, she refers to herself as a foul beast, and a rat immediately interjects. Mm-hmm. And we can't understand what the rat's saying. And she goes, I wasn't fishing for that, but that was sweet. Mm-hmm. And it's these, like, nice little character moments that Gung has a lot of, and... Zombie has a lot of that I think we're going to drive. I think the show is going to be largely character driven. Yeah, I, I agree that it was going to be character. Like, I feel like it was going to be very Buffy esque in that, like, it was going to be Monster of the Week plus a big bad for the season. I mean, it's Brian Fuller. And uh, to those of you who like Hannibal, that name's going to sound really familiar. Because uh, he was the showrunner for Hannibal. So it's that same kind of, like, twisted, weird humor. He was also pushing daisies. Right. That, like, kind of wonderfalls, which we're probably gonna, you know... That might that might show up. Yeah, wonderfalls is probably gonna be American Gods. Mockingbird Lane. Oh, we're gonna, we're gonna see a lot of this fellow. Um... Yeah, he could have been Spoopy Month if we really just wanted to let that happen. Yeah. Seems like a, seems like a good fellow. Um, but he kind of has that twisted, fun sense of humor. So I feel like he could have run this in the show. Because Hannibal is based on Hannibal Lecter. 
Right. So clearly expanded that the pre-Clarice Starling Hannibal. Right, right. Into a 39-episode series that somehow got to run on a network. Yeah. I heard it was really good and they were upset it got canceled. Yeah, I heard it wasn't for me. No. I heard it was uh, past spoopy. Yes, yes indeed. Uh, so anything else on Screw One Head? Uh, it's based on an Eisner winning comic, which won for best humor comic. Really? Yeah. So I I really enjoyed the... Uh, aired online with a poll to determine if it went to series. The characters are much more fleshed out, especially Patience mm-hmm. and the uh, relationships. I really enjoyed this show. Do you think it should have stayed doomed? I I think it should have stay doomed um see i think if i was watching this on tv uh i would watch another episode like if another episode came on i would come on i think you need to watch it twice Mm -hmm. after seeing it the second time i was like okay i'm on board now and i can totally uh watch more of this but i feel like that is the average reaction is kind of like, oh, this looks weird, and I don't quite comprehend it. It did take me a minute with the art stuff. Yeah, like I feel like the average audience would not give it the chance. But the art style is directly taken from the comic. Yeah, and I, I bet it would work great as a comic. I haven't read the comic, surprise. But like the idea of a still image that I can study mm-hmm. and appreciate, rather than it moving very quickly and like, making me miss things okay uh i think if like the if the art style was a bit crisper i'd really enjoy it because like i don't know because also like i like the hellboy movies i don't like the hellboy comics because i don't like how it looks yeah i'm i'm actually gonna go against you for the first time i think this should have uh think it should have gotten its run i think if it's gotten its run I think if it's gotten its run, we would still be discussing it. I think that's my answer. Is if this got a full season, it would not get renewed. Mm-hmm. I don't think... If you are a network... Fair. I think it should stay doomed. If you like creepy things and funny things and stuff like that, you can definitely appreciate and enjoy this show. But as a a television series, it would not have been successful. That is my answer. I'm not sure I agree still. Yeah? Uh, I think sci-fi was in a good place for it. Mm-hmm. I think this could have flourished on an adult swim. I bet it, yeah. That offbeat, creepy, mm-hmm. uh, literal stoner humor. Yeah. In that, like, the villain smokes a guy in a giant bong. The adult swim audience would be like, this is great. Yeah. I'd also think it would do better now when it would have been instantly merchandised. Yeah. Because I bet... Because Scrollin' Head as a pop figure is kind of a really fun idea. Yeah. Uh, but in 2006, there would have never been merch. Right. And, like, if it came back today, it could probably be really successful because people would buy stuff and it would survive on merchandise. Like, Hot Topic would save that show. Yeah, it's true. Uh, in 2006, I think it has... I think it was the correct decision by sci-fi. <laughs> Yeah, I still think it should have just run to another network, but... Yeah, I I think... I'm, try, I'm trying to think what 2006 Adult Swim looked like. Because um, I, I, I think it was... Just, 
like that's still like just the Aqua Teen. No, two thousand six, a little bit later than that. So this that that's it's in like the Xavier. Uh, Tom goes to the mayor era. Yeah, I mean, it almost it might look too good. Well, Boondocks is there, so. Yeah, I mean, 2006 is the year that gave us Assy McGee. Yeah, it might be too smart. <laughs> uh, I mean, this is when Frisky Dingo was running. Harvey yeah. Birdman. Yeah, I guess it would it would do well. Lucy, Daughter of the Devil, which I feel like this has some. Ah, uh, we should be doing it this month, and we're not. <laughs> Spoilers. I mean, we we could. We don't have all five. Oh, do we not have all five? No, we don't have all five Scoopy episodes. Comment below <laughs> if we, you'd like us to do Lucy, Daughter of the Devil. We actually only have watched two Spoopy shows so far. I know, we have started our next uh, show. When, uh, Laura, what is our next show? Our next show is the Cartoon Network miniseries Over the Garden Wall. Yes, which is... Uh, interesting uh, it's an interesting choice uh in that uh i believe it was a miniseries so it was always going to stay doomed uh but miniseries are only miniseries if they don't get renewed yeah looking at you under the dome yeah really hard like <laughs> you should have stayed doomed you yeah you should have you should have stayed doomed under the dome. Yeah, yeah, you should have all suffocated under that smoke that didn't have anywhere to go. Uh, my biggest question with Over the Garden Wall mm-hmm. is... Ah, oh, cliffhanger! <laughs> Noah what? is looking at me like I'm the dumbest person on the planet right now! <laughs> where can people find us, Lara? Uh, where can people find Over the Garden Wall or find us? Us, oh, us. okay. Uh, Links will be below okay. if you're looking for stuff. Uh, you can email us at... The Stay Doomed Show at gmail.com. Shout out to Emily, who has emailed us twice now. Hi, Emily. Emily. We're reading them, I promise. (laughs) Uh, Facebook at Stay Doomed. Twitter at Stay Doomed. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, let us know what spoopy shows you'd like us to do. And in November, we are doing uh, Backdoor Pilots. So if there's a Backdoor Pilot you'd like us to watch. To explain what a Backdoor Pilot is, because that sounds... That's true. Uh, that sounds a little more X-rated than we were planning to go. Uh, Backdoor Pilot is an episode of an existing, often long-running TV series that is intended to set up another series. Yeah, it's it's a secret spin-off pilot. Uh, for example, because if we were going to do this, we would actually do the spin-off series because this one went to series. Uh, Bones had an episode called The Finder. Yeah. And uh, The Finder did go to series, but often they don't. We're actually going to do ones that didn't, because that's more fun. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, most of those series don't run very long, so if we do the uh, Backdoor Pilot series, yeah, we're going to get there in a month. Yeah, yeah. Well, it'll be fine. <laughs> so, uh, uh, also, you can, of course, if you want to talk to me about uh, my head cannons for various shows that we have watched, uh, I'm at TV's Noah. And if you want to talk about how fun Amazing Screw on Head is and how Mr. Dog is great, I'm at Priorities. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Stay Doomed. And until next time, stay doomed. <laughs> Spoopy. Spoopy mom. <laughs>